This is Reclaiming Yourself, brought to you with PhytologyHub.com. How we overcome fears, find our inner strength, and trust ourselves. Now here's your host, Suzanne Keatley. Amanda Dawson. Yes. Welcome to Reclaiming Yourself podcast. Thank you. Thank you for agreeing <laughs> to come. Thank you for asking me. I had to me. twist your arm behind your back, didn't I? You did, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, you've been training at Photology Hub for over a year. I know. It's insane. It's insane. So since March last year? March, yeah. And we were outside. Yeah, we started we outside. Inside. I didn't even know what the inside of the hub looked like. And yet you trusted us. And yet I did. It, it, and essentially a kind of safe car park, really. <laughs> yeah, that's true, actually. Yeah, it's it is great. A safe car yeah. park. I don't, you don't know this, but that has equal to over 53 hours. Really? Of strength training that you've done in just over a year. Tracy, my trainer, said it's the quickest hour of her week. And is I don't it? know if that's a good or a bad <laughs> thing. But I, yeah, really, 53. Yeah. Okay. Over 53. That's, That's like, insane. Yeah, we're well. not counting all the other no. the bits and the bobs, right, no. that that you've come in for. And basically, when we asked you to do something, you go, yes, of course, I'll do that <laughs> to support you. So thank you for all the You're support all and the loveliness and the kindness over the years. You are an extremely busy human being, which we'll get into. Yes. With a, a pretty stressful life, which we'll get into. Okay. But you have managed to say to school that you'll work four days a week. Yes, I'm, I'm really lucky. And I yeah. head up a department on it as well. Fantastic. Sometimes you just have to go, actually, I've got to live my life a little bit here. Well, you've got to find some sort of balance. Relief, yeah. Some sort of yeah. balance. So that you take a Friday for you. Yes. Um, and then you manage to do... What do you do on that day? Because you do your strength training on that day. Yeah, I mean... You know, it's hella boring, but it's it's often things that go and pick up a package or life admin. I stuff around my kids quite a lot as well, and my daughter, which will come to later, lots of appointments. Everything has to kind of squeeze into there, and then I guess it frees up Saturday and Sunday. I say free up, you just can fill it with more stuff. <laughs> like your house. <laughs> like my house, yeah. You know, like, like a brand new house that's just filled up in seconds. So, yeah, I, I, that's that tends to be what I do. And I, I do sometimes work on those days as well. Yeah. I, I mean, I've been going away and doing the examining and yeah. moderating and things like that. So it so does you, get used up. Doing the examinations mm. and moderating and stuff, is that like, is, does that just help? pull in an extra few quid is that why you do yeah it do you yeah like- lots lots of reasons one of the other reasons is that in terms of sort of training cpd teacher training if i can see exactly what the exam would want then i can teach it better and there's a slight selfish part of me i keep thinking well maybe if i retire later on i can do more work for them also i really enjoy it mm. um because obviously as a drama teacher, I'm watching lots and lots of theatre all the time and I'm watching kids act. So a lot of the time I'm going into schools, watching young people perform. And it's it can be hysterically funny, it can be brilliant, but mostly it's very joyous. I, I love seeing what other schools are like and meeting other and the young people. And they're fab, you know. That's I, great. Yeah. It, that, that's the main reason I do it I and think. if somebody's like what the hell is moderating it does what it says on the tin yeah really. yeah we look at all the GCSE work and we yeah. check that the marks are correct and we mark scripts and I standardize the scripts so um, I have to look at the scripts with other people and decide the mark <laughs> so there's all these professional people really scared to sort of say around the table what they think it's mm. crazy isn't it you could be in your job forever 
and still go, mm, am I doing this right? Yeah, questioning. But yeah. that's a good thing, isn't it? Because yeah. you're questioning what you're doing with young people's lives on a piece of paper. Yeah, which, you know, it's not great, is it, for many young people? Well, particularly since we just had a meeting the other week there and none of us have really marked for two years because of the pandemic. And we're all like, can we still do this? Cause we can't yeah. remember how to mark anything anymore. Yeah. So it's been really difficult for young people. Really, really difficult. And then for them to be, again, in the same situation, I haven't done this for two years and I'm suddenly having to <coughs> yeah. perform I, I, yeah, or yeah, whatever. Yeah, exactly. The other week you were heading off to do moderation down in Bristol. Yes. So you also get a tiny bit of time there to yourself oh, is that right so like nice. you can get on a train get on a train pretend i'm in a pop video yeah look out of a window nice may have wine may have a cup of tea yeah it, it's funny isn't it that Lovely. whole having some time to yourself yeah and just even having a hotel room to yourself oh my god it's like th- glorious yeah it really is wherever you can get it just sitting there eating crisps it's fab <laughs> love it <laughs> and so you've got two children so mia is 11 she's 11 yeah and Finn is fifteen. Fifteen. Yeah. Happy children. Um, (laughs) happy mama. I never see them. I tell you what prompted me to go part time was this is a true story. This is not from a Hallmark card or anything like that. Mia brought back a picture that she drew in primary school. So at that point, she was in it with a childminder, then breakfast club, then school, then wraparound care. And Finn had something very similar. In fact, we used to have to drive Finn out to East London in the mornings. It was just stupidly insane. Anyway, she brought me back this picture and she'd sort of drawn us all, little stick drawings. And she tried to write something above it. And above mine, it said, I never see her. That is honest to God true. I never see her. And I was like, yeah. And I was swapping jobs anyway. And eventually I just came to the conclusion that I needed to go part-time for that reason. So... I think the the happy children of working parents, possibly, you know, mm. kind of have a very different childhood than you and I would have had growing up. He's quite independent. He always has been. Mia was diagnosed with dyslexia and then autism in the last couple of years. So that's been, uh, education's been really difficult for her, but it's mm. spilled over into her social life. Uh, of course. Um, when was she diagnosed? When? Um, so that was June last year was the final diagnosis. Wow. I think the whole process wasn't hugely long in terms of when the school were on board with it all. And actually it was lockdown that was helpful because she was in smaller classes. Yeah. Okay. And another teacher, just this amazing teacher at her school, he spotted it. And also the Senko's fantastic. And we all kind of came to the same conclusion. And it'd been something I'd been thinking about anyway. So that was a, a long, long process for mm. her. It's worth it if anyone out there is thinking that the son or daughter has some sort of educational needs, always pursue it. Just pursue, pursue it. Pursue it. Did you get inklings of that when she was little? Like, what was your... Uh, maybe when she was... Mm, maybe when she was, like, year three, year four, there was lots of sort of bullying incidents going on with me at school. And, mm. and then she suddenly was dropped by lots of friends or she wasn't being invited to lots of things. Her temper tantrums were really over the top. And there was just lots of other sort of things that she started. I think, I'm not an expert in autism, but I do know that it's difficult to diagnose girls. It's really difficult because they mask everything, they hide it all. Clever. Clever Really, they they do because she would just mimic other people. Yeah. Was she achieving then in school? Was she achieving to the degree that you... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. I mean, she she was a really 
kind of easy baby, but she learned yeah. to walk really quickly. She was really chatty, wow. you know, so yeah. it, there wasn't any developmental signs. Yeah. But for her, it was, it was social stuff. Social. Yeah. And it was really hard for her, you know, and she kind of felt ostracized from the rest of the class. And you know what it's like in primary school. You want to have all your little friends, etc., etc. Mm. I'm really pleased that all, everything kind of went through and we went Sunshine House quite a lot. Um, I mean, it's still ongoing. We're still sorting out her education plan. and Okay. So... Um, and how has she reacted to the diagnosis? Has it helped her understand? Yeah, I think the, the dyslexia one for her was more important because she couldn't understand why her reading wasn't up to uh. scratch and why she couldn't write as well, even though she had all the ideas in her head. She started to take ownership on the autism side. I think being neurodiverse almost seen in social media now has been quite cool and accepted. Yeah, nice one. I could be wrong, but uh, it's about time. It is cool. <laughs> it's just about time yeah. that we looked at, you know, just being, I guess, what we used to call eccentric or wacky, but actually they just think, look at world in a different way. She's much more accepting at all. I've heard her describe herself as autistic. She went down to Silverstone Racetrack a few weeks ago to meet, oh, I can't remember his name, but he's an autistic car driver. Okay. And then came back to school and wrote a whole story on it <laughs> about a girl who was uh, autistic and decided to be a race car driver. Um, and I was like, well, that, that's cool. That's pretty much like yeah. acceptance, isn't it? You know, I just kind of think for most kids, leaving primary and hopefully going to secondary you find your tribe yeah you know? she's going in with this knowledge now this yeah. ability to find a tribe and the school that she's going into has a whole support center yeah. you were saying yeah. and you're really happy about yeah it's around the corner i mean yeah. I, I don't know about you but setting my tribe i find them from secondary school onwards i just went away with four of them this you know oh, wow. easter time and we're all 53 <laughs> Lovely. and we met at 11 yeah that's so great you know, I think when you get out there and you meet other people, you you do find your tribe. So I'm hoping that she yeah. she can as well. So Yeah. And so, yeah, just going back. So the school is mm. around the corner. Yes, it is. Yeah. It's got a, a, a centre for autistic children it's and dyslexic. It's all integrated. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. Schools are essentially everything's mixed now. Yeah. And it's that whole idea of levels, levels of participation and what she can get involved in. And um, I've met the Senkos there and they're, they're very hardworking, mm. very overworked, but incredibly dedicated. <laughs> I just think that it, for her, it will just give her that confidence. I really don't care what grade she gets. Mm. I just want her to come out feeling a confident young woman and that, you know, she can live her life happily and and that yeah. this isn't going to be some sort of burden around her neck really yeah and again finding there's one thing finding a tribe but finding that thing that you're passionate about mm. and really getting into it and and that kind of taking you through your path in life right before we chatted we were talking about um finn and getting some tires for your 15 yes. year old to slam a a hammer, hammer against on. in the garden because <laughs> he loves fitness and training yeah, and yeah. that's going to be his passion you think that's the the thing that he loves doing oh, now yeah always has been yeah. I mean I think I don't know about anyone else living in, in South East London sometimes you get quite scared about your kids going out and doing things on their own mm. but from an early age he wanted to go to the park on his own Mm. Uh, I mean, I'm not talking like when he was three or something. I'm not a monster. <laughs> <laughs> there was times. There was times. Yeah, yeah. Could you just leave now? Yeah, from about the age of eight, I think he wanted to kind of do his own thing. And, you, you know, you let him go for half an hour and you're panicking and you think, that's it, they're <laughs> dead. The, bush. <laughs> the police will be here. <laughs> He's gone missing. But um, I think it was a, a, a good grounding for him because he goes to school and 
Deptford and Newcross and mm-hmm. he has to get on a bus and I can't always be in the bus with him. No. So he's got to learn yeah. about people and getting on with people. Yeah. He also, the other thing, his, his dad used to take him to um, Southwark All-Stars, which is a football team that ran out of Peck and Rye. Um, not many white middle-class boys there. Right. And it was the best thing for him because he just met all the local kids. Brilliant. And he knew them all. And he knows them all. He does boxing as well. Oh, yeah. He's ABC boxer. Boxing in Peckham. Yeah. Brilliant for young people. Boys and girls. Yeah. Send them. They're amazing. And I think that was the thing that gave him the confidence as well. And how's he getting on in school? Yeah. You know, he can do incredibly well, but then he can also be told, are you focusing? Are yeah. you doing this properly? But... He seems to be absolutely fine. Brilliant. He doesn't tell me anything, Suzanne. <laughs> yeah. I keep joking it could be doing county lines. I don't know. <laughs> anything could be good. But I, I, I suspect he just wants to kind of get on with it. And he's sort of single-minded about sports and things. But, you know, you don't know in life, do you? Has he always been like that? Not yeah. telling you? Yeah. Because Aidan's the same. He oh. literally cannot get a word out of him. So I have to, like, get the inside <laughs> yeah. information from the teacher or other fr- his other four-year-old friends three-year-old friends who do talk look you, you kind of go what was your day like and you ask me it and you get like a dissertation <laughs> you know as of, she'll start doing a diagram and a whole and then she'll quiz you on it with him it's like maybe one or two words yeah like she's off on school journey next week for a week in wales oh. and i remember he had to write me a letter and all it said on it was, I've lost my shoes. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, that's great. Thanks for that. Heartfelt, oh else get these gorgeous heartfelt letters. I've lost my shoes. That is brilliant. Finn. Not even love from, just Finn. Good, well, I'm glad that he's staying on the same path anyway. He's consistent. Yes, he is consistent. <laughs> yeah, that, that that is his superpower, just the consistency. Just the consistency. <laughs> And then there's Hubby. Yes. So Hubby used to be a teacher. Or well, he he's still a teacher. is, yeah, he's a teacher. yeah. He's yeah, a supply yeah. teacher. He's from New Zealand, which um, I think Finn has this image of, you know, some Maori warriors, but, you know, they're, they're really not. <laughs> they're just a, a, a lovely standard New Zealand family. So, yeah, he, he came across for work teaching, I don't know, 20-odd years ago. But that, So that's when I met when him met. teaching, yeah. You were even in the same school? Yeah, yeah, he was sort of... He was leaving to go travelling and I'd started. Because back in those days, you know, before dating apps and things, you actually met people mm. after work and talked to them. Yeah. That's foolish, isn't it? And what subject? He's a historian, but he does lots of different... Okay. Yeah, lots of humanity subjects. And you're drama. And I'm drama. Matic. Dra- uh, yes, a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A little, yeah, it's, I've always specialised in drama teaching, yeah. Yeah. So Hobby's had a rough few years mm. with mental health stuff. He has. But let's talk about how does that impact you as the supporter, as the person who's keeping family together? And I think I've just, I've had to be quite pragmatic and practical about everything. Just make sure that as best I can that, you know, he was doing the therapy that he needed and supporting him in that and meds, you know, and and fair play to him, he did. He's kind of come through it all. And um, the thing that's helped him was he sort of found Buddhism and meditation, which there's a little bit of my Scottish working class council estate going, what? (laughs) You're just going to sit on a cushion and what? But um, <laughs> it helps, you know, whatever gets you through. But for, yeah, for me, I just, it just means I've just got to get my head down and, and be as good at my job as I can and make sure that I'm making enough money that we can get through it all. I think I probably worry more than I should, if mm. I'm honest. But again, I think that's my working class upbringing that 
you've always got to know where your next pay packet's coming. Absolutely. You know, especially when you've got two kids, yeah, exactly, and a mortgage, yeah. yeah. And, you know, yeah. stuff that you've committed to, yeah, right? Yeah, That's an yeah. absolutely reasonable, you know, worry, I suppose. And yeah, I don't often think about it until people ask me, and then I go, I don't know. Mm. I've just been getting on with it. Yeah, head head. Very, head down, like thumbs head, up. Uh, yeah, head down, arse up. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, quite uh, often. the scorpions. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, so just just cracking on, and does it give you much time for you, though? Is it pretty much like... It's a stressful career you've got anyway, yeah. right? Like, teaching is a really well, you know, yeah. full-time... It isn't even like an eight to six or an eight to seven job. You're yeah. taking homework home with you. You're busy in the evenings with that yeah. and weekends and so on, and then... I'm probably my own worst enemy in lots of respects. So, you know, I'm fortunate that I've got a marriage where he isn't demanding of my time and demanding that I do things with the family first. But quite often for me, I just prioritise other things before me. I don't know whether that's a, a kind of working class cultural thing or if it's just the way that I operate. And I, I tend to sort of start things and then find that it's just too hard to keep up for me and then stop, which is why I'm glad I've just kept doing this because mm. before my kids I you know I did things very regularly okay you, had the you know I did yeah. the cons- had the consistency of body pump classes and various other things I would do but I think kids and working plus other sort of stresses meant that I just let things go by the by you sort of try and <laughs> say well look there's this dance class I used to love dance classes or what about this fencing course but then I just want to go, can't, can't we just build a shed that I can have as an office instead? And then that would make me a lot, lot less stressed. Please, please. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm getting a little bit better, I think, since the menopause has reared her beautiful head. Mm. I've, I've, I think I give a shit less. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and I guess I'm in a point with my career where, you know, I could retire in the next five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten years. So you're not kind of hungry for climbing up the pole. Not that I was, actually. I've never been that bothered. In terms of career? Yeah. Just not wanna... a pole pole? No. I mean, I think I'm accidentally a head of department, really. I've yeah. Been... <laughs> sort of, you know, and I've trained teachers and, and things. That's been brilliant, actually. Yeah. And then and then they all end up way up the, the ladder. Never been my ambition. Yeah. So you're 53. I and am. And you mentioned the menopause there. Do yes. You, when did that rear its head or are you through it or do I'm, you know? I'm, I'm probably in the eye of, of her storm. Yeah. I think in my mid-40s, the peri started. Yeah. What and, did that feel like? Like, um, was... like a horrible anger. Okay. <laughs> like really angry and anxious and unsettled very very unsettled with it all was that in line with um your partner's yeah that all was happening at the the same same time time, yeah yeah Yeah. with my kids getting a little bit older as well i mean i you know i was an older Mm. mum you know i was in my late 30s early 40s which isn't old but Mm. in, in terms of a lot of my school friends whose kids are up in atom and away it's very different dynamic going on so yeah, you. So it was anger. Yes. Anything else? Yes. Very anxious. Anxiety. That, that, that's a treat, isn't it? Yeah. The anxiety. Right. That's just been wonderful and just kind of weight up and down like a yo-yo. So you had weight changes. Had weight changes. What about sleep then? In terms sleep, of anxiety. Awful. Awful. Right. Waking up really early and then that's not great when you have to get up and work all day. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, my sleep was terrible. 
Yeah. Really awful. I take HRT patches, which are great. Restless legs. When did you... Oh, the, that was oh. a thing then as well? Yeah. Or just kicked probably, in? Yeah. Probably in my late 40s. Okay. When did you start the HRT? I, it was when COVID hit. Right. I started it. And then, of course, I had COVID really badly. I know. Lucky am I here, though. I'm <laughs> rocker. Um, and so I, I just kind of wasn't paying attention with it all. So probably for two years now it's been good it's it's you're feeling better feeling, yeah the yeah. mind fog and the forgetfulness is still there but no, it's not as bad as it was okay that's been a rough almost 10 years then oh fucking hell about? i know just trying to do anything like teaching i'm standing in this what's it called classroom thank you just make yeah. a little game out of it what's miss gonna say next we don't know <laughs> what are you going to do what are blankety you bloody blank I know. so that's your, yeah so yeah. that's the last 10 years been oh. pretty pretty hard 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 yeah and do you feel like that's lightening up at all or is it, you still feeling that weight I, I think I still feel there's a bit to go mm. you know yeah there's always something around the corner you kind of start to worry about but also as my kids get older and the, the problems they change don't they they don't stay the same mm. kind of child related gifts that they are as they're getting older I'm starting to feel a little bit more like myself I think definitely you know having the training on a Friday yeah. I've, I've started to do little bits with my friends again and, and kind of go out yeah so yeah. there is a little change I think there's more that needs to change I just can't quite work out what that is yet yeah but then I guess if we're to put 10 years of like you know difficult head down mm. like I'm just this is survival mode now I have to just keep my family together and save my kids and all of that stuff you've got 10 years to kind of maybe kind of just ramp but slowly up and up and up and it's that isn't it it's just keeping that in mind that this is you know one step at a time one week one month the weight will get a little bit less heavy that's a really good shoulders that's a really good way of thinking of it actually yeah and i think you have to don't you you go mad otherwise yeah you you have to just be like absolutely it's a little bit better now yeah a little bit better next month a little bit better the following month it's that whole idea that you're half full, half empty kind of person, but I think you can kind of be both. Yeah. And I'm predominantly optimistic, I think, by nature, but but there are times when the pessimistic side just beats the crap out of the other one. Yeah. And you just like, oh, can you just give us a break here? Yeah. We <laughs> just blizz, blizz, you know. No, and but, you are. You're incredibly positive and energy-giving, I would describe you as, like... You know, I always meet you going out of here on a Friday. You're coming in with your coffee and there's always some, you know, really kind, lovely, heartfelt words. So um, I really appreciate that. Oh, I know it's fine. I mean, I like being around people as well. Yeah. Also, as I said to you, we're in this lovely, empty, quite empty space, but it's quiet. And I did say to Suzanne, I am moving in here on my own. <laughs> this sofa is yours. Well, you do. You do need that bit on y- your own, don't you? A yeah. lot. But also there's something quite lovely about being around people and just chewing Mm. the fat anytime I've tried to kind of run events and you know like do that kind of community element before there's so many of our members that are like no I I don't need you to be my social like I get to do this when I come and my it's my place to like be calm and to train and I don't want to bring my family here like this is this is my thing like I need to protect this for what it is yeah and I th- always thought that was very interesting and yeah. I think it's as women as well, you know, you do want to start separating yourself out. Whether you've got kids or not, it doesn't matter. There will always be someone somewhere that's dependent on you. Yeah. And 
you just have to sometimes just cut that cord from it for a bit as well. Yeah, and you were saying at the start that like you're doing everything for everybody, everybody mm. else. Like it's a natural thing that you just lean into all the yeah. time. That it's easier as well, isn't it? When you're oh, used to God, that, yeah. it's easier to go. I'll just pay somebody else attention. I'll give them that energy, or I'll give them that attention and do that thing for them instead of actually doing it for yourself. Yeah. And one of my questions was, I guess, how strength training has helped you deal with a stressful life and maybe that's part of the answer is that you've committed to this thing financially and as well as time as well as your mind commitment on while you've been in this really stressful period but you've known actually if I I'm just gonna go and do this thing for myself where somebody else gets to hold my hand take you into the hub yeah and and just look after you for an hour really and make you move your ass a little bit I'm not just saying that because you're sitting here, but I've done lots and lots of different courses and classes over the years and quite a lot of them I used to dread. Yeah. <laughs> but I've, I never, ever think, oh, God, got to yeah. go to the hub. Yeah. <laughs> I really don't. It's just become second nature for me now. I know that I'll be listened to. That's a huge thing. And I know that what I say isn't going to be dismissed or, oh, never mind, you just work through it. I mean, one of the other reasons I came is I broke my wrist... I told you I'm very lucky, <laughs> very lucky person. The year that I had COVID, I broke my wrist later that year as well. So Tracy's been amazing at all the, all the COVID recovery and the wrist stuff. Then I was told I had arthritis in my knee. So that's another joy. Do you know what it is? I think it's confidence because once I had that fall and then my knee went, I was like... From somebody who used to, you know, I used to run all the time and do races, etc. I was really scared to walk in the street in case I fell over. Mm. What's that about? So tell us about that. You used to run? Yeah, yeah. Used yeah. to be a little fitness. I mean, I wasn't a great runner, but I ran. I did yeah. all sort of five and ten Ks and I did loads and loads of stuff. Before kids? But yeah, I mean, actually during when both my kids, I was doing exercises up to the week before they were born. And then just life got in the way. My Sunday class was overtaken by the fact that Mark was running um, football classes. Mm -hmm. So then someone had to be at home and then something else would come up that I couldn't do it then. And it just all kind of, it all tapered away. I didn't even see it coming. It just Yeah, it just kind of happened. Yeah. What would you say to somebody now that's in that, like... Don't let it fade away. Find find, find a way something. to, if you can. Or don't be hard on yourself if it has to taper away a bit. Yeah. See if you can hang on to some of it, I think. And it's that running to walking, although people find that a really, you know, difficult thing, like the whole concept of I'm, I'm walking and not running. But actually, it's the time, isn't it? It's like, just take that 20 minutes. Yeah. And just walk up a hill if you want that to be more intense. But like, just give yourself the time to do yeah. the thing, which is really hard when you're in it, maybe with lots of little children or no little children and you're just in that kind of darker harder place where the idea of taking 10 minutes for yourself is even difficult when Mia was very little one thing I did do and I followed it through and it wasn't because I wanted to change career I always wanted to try and do five minute stand-up comedy right I thought I'm just gonna do it Mm -hmm. even if I'm shit which I probably was my husband encouraged me to do a course which I followed all the way through and I did my five minutes and then I was like I'm done tick brilliant yeah, I did a couple of open mics to support some friends and then that was it. And I think that might have been a little turning point. I think I was just before I hit menopause, actually, mm. of me going, do you know what? I'm just, I am going to run this all the way through. So if I can do that mindset, I think yeah. it's there, isn't it? It's just buried somewhere. Yeah. 
He's got to like, scratch it out. It is, and it's time. It's this patience thing. I had a consult today, and I was talking to somebody, and they were talking about this kind of the. It's you know we go into fitness feeling like there's a quick fix. You know, it's like I'm going to do this in six weeks. I'm going to do this in you know two months or twelve weeks because I've got a holiday and summer's coming up or whatever weddings and that's all very well and that's great to have that kind of motivation. But it's thinking, what happens the week after that? You know, like, how am I going to keep this thing or whatever it is that you do consistent? Because it's going to take time, right? Yeah. Because so much shit happens in life that Um, we have to navigate. And we're not cookie cutter human beings. We don't Mm. all come from the same mould, which Mm. is what I was saying about the hub earlier, that every week's different and it's depending on how I am. It's just, you know, it's the same with, I guess, if you're trying to lose weight, for example, to follow this programme and that will be fine because it was fine for that woman and that woman. And it's... Mm bollocks yeah it's absolute bollocks why is it bollocks because it doesn't fit everybody you know you what that eating plan that you know i'm going to name all the names of the companies but that Mm. that might suit that person but what about that nurse on a night shift or you know that busy mum or it doesn't get to the root of it does it no it doesn't it doesn't i know you're like following amber and you're looking at amber's stuff and how she's getting on and part of the reason it's successful at the moment is because of what you've just said around that coaching the individual because we're all so different and our needs are so different and yeah our sleep what's happening with our family what's happening with work what's happening where I'm eating my food where I'm not eating my food it's it's complicated thing I've been to those slimming places where you go there the same time every week and you step on scales in a church hall somewhere mm. everything is counting on those pounds on or off and the last time I did it I was just like no that's it I'm done it's just like a little Britain sketch in it the fat fighters it's just, it's yeah, just that and it works for lots of people it as does well, work right? but like, then when you stop it it doesn't it's, and not that the stopping is the problem but yeah setting you up for yeah. a lifetime of yeah we get this with fitness as well fitness or nutrition you do learn some stuff along the way though like no thing that you do like that is a wasted thing or it feels like it anyway with fitness or with food stuff and diet stuff maybe it is a waste with diet stuff I don't know but it's like you learn something in everything it's all part of your journey it's not a waste no you know there's no like um oh that I shouldn't have spent you know that time doing that thing because actually that was a time and and a place in your life and yeah and fitness changes and our need for different types of training changes as well like we need strength training as women in our 40s and 50s and 60s it's required by the body and it's something that you know, you might not need as much of that when you're in your 20s. And there's, there's something cool about being an older woman and just lifting heavy shit. Mm. And lifting so empowering, and, isn't it? I mean, honestly, it's my favourite thing. Tracy knows she'll just put a little Romanian in there for me or yeah. a bar. Yeah. Tell me about your sessions. What do your sessions look like? Recently, we've been doing lots on my mobility and the hell that is the roller. Why do you need to do mobility? The menopause has kind of ravaged me a bit. My knee's not great. Yeah. yeah. And confidence for me as well, you know. If I feel I can move better, I can get up and down off the floor, which is a ridiculous thing to say. But I'm constantly, like in drama lessons... I will sit on the floor and then there's this hilarious me trying to get back up in front of 30 teenagers, you know. Oh, God. I just make a game of it. I just roll into the corner. You're like, give me your hands. Yeah, yeah. Roll roll into the corner and then just kind of, you know, <laughs> some sort of reverse thing onto a chair. <laughs> I go, 
don't do it like that though um, yeah. yeah lots and lots of roller work Tracy did loads of balance work so she'd do things like she'd set Jenga blocks up and I'd have to balance on one leg and do the Jenga blocks with one hand and the Brilliant. other she's so good because she goes away and researches stuff yeah. and she'll go right follow this guy so the other day she got one of those big thick bands that you've got and she tied it to a kettlebell and then she put it around a bar and then I had to use it like you're revving a bike yeah for your wrist string we never thought of that yeah she just went hang on a minute and she got all these bits together and set it up or she'll do things like balancing one leg throwing a ball and then there might be sort of lots of sets of things as well but it, again it's never boring I'm never like oh god it's the same thing in week in week out yeah so my brain it's probably why for me it goes so quickly because my brain's just ticking over and enjoying it yeah, and one of the reasons that it's always enjoyable to come because you're, I think you said it earlier, like you're almost accepted as you are on that day, you're listened yeah. to, and yeah. then you're met yeah. where yeah. you're at, and then you progress and develop from there. It's not like it's not a challenge. It's not easy, but also it doesn't feel like I'm going to die. You yeah. know, and I've, I've done lots of sort of running around E classes where I just was like, that's it, now my heart's actually going to explode. And if I do say, oh, I'm struggling with this, then Tracy will find a different way of... Yeah. Of doing that exercise. It's brilliant. How's your wrist today? Do you think you can do this one? Yeah. Or do you think that weight might be too light? You know, lots of very positive encouragement. It's great. And she talks about our life, her life, my life. And then, I don't know. It's nice. It's a nice thing to come and do. Very holistic, I think, for me. Yeah. And how does that, because you're kind of leaning into it there a little bit, that like holistic, how does it impact real life? Why does it make a difference to your week? It's my hour. It's my time. And if I have to cancel it, it's because I've got something else that's equally important that I've got to do. But um, I just say no. I always sleep better for a couple of days. I just, I feel a bit sharper. And then that going home and then, you know, there's no one at home. It's nice. Sit with a cat. It felt like a luxury at first, but now it feels a bit more like it's kind of routine and a necessary evil really in my life but it's not an evil does it impact the night before so on a thursday night do you think right i'm gonna get to bed early or look after myself a bit on a thursday night because i want to feel energized for friday i don't want to go into this um sometimes yeah sometimes i do i mean part of my job is i do lots of theater visits with kids so if it's a thursday night i won't get home until midnight Mm. Because by the time you take them back to school, and et cetera, et cetera. But I know I don't have to get up as early on a Friday morning. It's that nice thing oh, yeah, of just, of you know, yeah, I'm yeah. not getting up at six. The luxury of the eight o'clock, which is the best wake-up time ever, yeah. in my humble opinion. The reason I ask that is because quite often we go, right, is that one hour enough when it comes to kind of training and moving? And actually, it isn't just about that one hour, is it? It's about that idea of preparation and what your night before looks yeah. like and what your morning before, right? I know I need to have a really healthy breakfast and then as you said the impact afterwards and the couple of days of like sleep that you get afterwards and look I mean it's even silly things like get my kit out and I you know you said about a coffee where I work I work in East Ham right so if you've ever been to the glamorous borough of Newham <laughs> it's not Lordship Lane people mm. there's there's no coffee <laughs> places so it's just a whatever you can grab really lovely yeah. but it's not so my rambling point is that I can go to that new coffee place around the corner and get a coffee there mm. sometimes I'll sit in <laughs> sometimes I'll walk with it and it's it's really silly things like that that I've got time to do that so it's that prep up to it and I always give myself a bit of time either side of the session so you're coming in relaxed you're coming in yes, prepared so I'm, do you get your kit out the night before it's always in the same place so Amazing. I always put it I know that seems like a really simple thing mm. 
But if we all just applied that, like having the kit ready the night before yeah. or whatever it is, whether it's like a few hours before your session or whatever, it's those little steps. That's what I'm talking about, the yeah. impact. Like you're not legging it here, fucking put, doing a wheelie in the door and then, you know, doing your session and then going, oh, looking at the clock and then you're you're heading out. It's what you do around the session yeah. is as important, I think. It would just be a waste of every, my time, money, everybody's time. Yeah. I wouldn't want to do that. Yeah, and I, I think generally speaking, I'm, I'm quite organised with things like that. That's why I get annoyed at my family. <laughs> They just aren't at all. Not organised. Well, you know, you're still sitting at your desk getting messages from your 15-year-old going, why don't my trousers fit me man's? First of all, it's mum. <laughs> Does he call you man? Calls me man's with a Z on the end. What's that about? Oh, my God. I think I've given him too much leeway. <laughs> after this podcast, I'm going to go home and ground him. Now that you've said it out loud. I'm just going to ground him. <laughs> yeah, you know, or I can't find this, or can you fill this in for me, or, you know... So I don't even have my phone near me in a session. It's Good. just, it's in the yeah. bag somewhere and it doesn't get looked at till I leave. Do you know what? I've had to be really strict with myself around social media and my phone. Yeah. I'm so glad I didn't have it as a teenager. I literally... How would you, how would, I wouldn't have coped. Yeah. How are your teenagers coping with it? So Mia hasn't got anything that's social media based. She, she's got two friends on her phone okay. that she, they just send things like, here's a picture of my cat... I did this on roadblocks. That's about it, really. I don't think Finn's got any either. I, I think he thinks it's all a load of nonsense. Yeah, I think young people are a bit like that with social media now. They're yeah. like nonsense. Good. They get it, right? Well, yeah. I mean, there's... Hopefully. I mean, in, in the school I teach, and there's a it's a girls' school, so that tends to be the main focus of bullying, really. So, you know, mm. if you've got young girls particularly, just keep a little eye on those phones. Yeah. Because it doesn't stop when you leave the gate. That's that's no. why I'm glad I didn't have it at school. Can you imagine? It's 24-7. They can yeah. be bullying you at three o'clock in the morning on yeah. the phone. No, my sister has this with her little lad now. And it's just... And he's still little. He's still our, like, my baby nephew, you know. And it's just really difficult, isn't it? It's yeah. really hard. And as, as a parent as well, like, where do you go with it? And how do you get support with that stuff it's yeah really I mean hard. there is stuff that, I mean I know sure, schools run yeah. things I mean they were even doing TikToks of teachers recently and our school been brilliant because there isn't any images of us around so yeah you're, so, you're this grown adult and then there's all these t- not that I knew what a TikTok is but that's another <laughs> incredibly dull and noisy thing mm. that is just flashing before your eyes so that's quite tedious But um, so when you're on your phone what do you spend your time on I look at stupid things on the poke and the daily mash because it makes me laugh Right. And I, I look at news articles. I do do Facebook for very extensive nosiness. Mm-hmm. I do use it for work, actually, because there's lots of work stuff on it. And Twitter, but only stuff that makes me laugh. Just really stupid accounts that make me... Just anything that makes me laugh, really. Do you think you were born to be a comedian? I think I developed it very early because I guess I knew my currency was not other things in school. Survival. Yeah, well, I went to a rough school. I didn't want to get my face panned in mm-hmm. so just be nice or make them laugh really I was just gonna say you know I know I'm gorgeous but my currency isn't <laughs> isn't my beauty really so I just went well what else is out there you know I'm gonna have to you know I'm not a maths geek I'm not your a scientist. School, though. Where, where did you go to school I went to school in um, central Scotland yeah so if you've heard of Stirling right um, there's all these little villages along the hillfoots yeah and I went to a primary school called Tillicoutry Primary in the uh, 
the foothills of the Oakle Hills, and then I went yeah. to a school called Alva Academy. So it was just all the the village kids, very working class, very white. And then I I, le- I mean I left there when I was eighteen, and I lived in Edinburgh and Glasgow, and then I came to London. So I didn't hang around. I love going back, but uh, yeah, I feel because funny. I wasn't born in Scotland. I was born in England, right? Uh. Clearly, don't have an English accent. Went to school with a Scottish accent, but was still called an English person. So didn't fit in immediately. Also, you know, Protestant father, Catholic mother. Oh, God. Oh, disaster. The joys <laughs> of the Orange March. Oh, my word. In central Scotland and, you know, the Celtic Rangers. Bloody blah. Right in the thick of it. Yeah, my kids, I go back, my family are bloody lovely, actually. My kids go back with me all the time. Mm. Um, I think they thought people were barking at them for a long time, but that's just, that's just them being nice to you, kids. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so I, it was just kind of crack on with it, really. Yeah. And my mum was, you know, three kids and she worked and my dad worked and, you know, my mum had like about, she was a cleaner and she had about three jobs and, yeah, so. And what did your dad do? He was a painter and decorator. There was a big whiskey distillery in central Scotland and then that shut down and he just worked for himself as a painter and decorator, so. Oh. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it, you know, it's it wasn't... Um, so where did you go and do your degree then? I did a bit of journalism when I left school. Okay. And then, but I was always doing drama, constantly doing drama. And I sort of did a one-year course and then I got into the Royal Scottish Academy of Music and Drama. Okay. Which, you know, my family were all like, what? <laughs> going to do university. I was the first one in the family to go on to university. To university wow. Yeah, I say university. It's drama school, isn't it? Yeah, but still, you know, qualified. good to do voice <laughs> in the morning. Well, I learned a lot, a lot of good stuff and not so good stuff. But I made some brilliant friends there. But I was always drama teaching around that. That was kind of what I was doing anyway. I'm running like workshops, and you know, I don't know about you, but you know, I had jobs in bars and pubs mm. and. Shops yeah. and what to Woolworths. Get your get your social life money out in. Had to. Yeah. Well, you know, I want to learn to drive. They're like, well, you better get a job then. Yeah. Worked in Woolies, Woolworths, in the Thistle Centre. I didn't even work in a glamorous bit. It was like the sort of selling hammers and nails and stuff. Although now I find that exciting. But when I was fifteen, I just wanted to be in the record bit. In the, or the sweets. <laughs> in the sweets in the record bit. Amanda Wallman. Thank you very much. Because we could just carry on chatting, couldn't we? Getting a bit relaxed now. People have gone to bed. Yeah. Reclaiming Yourself, the podcast. Brought to you with PhotologyHub.com. If you enjoyed the conversations, please use your podcast app to follow or subscribe for free. 